Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, we just thank you. Open our eyes to be all wonderful things through words. We look at this amazing book of Ruth right now. Lord, meditate on it in this time in Yeshua's name. Gal Yeshua. Open my eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. We pray. Amen. Amen. Shavuot is biblically an agricultural holiday surrounding the wheat and barley grain harvest. Now, harvest time begins during Pesach, during Passover, with the barley harvest and ends with the wheat harvest at Shavuot, this time of year. Uh, Shavuot, Pentecost, Feast of Weeks, that's the biblical name for this holiday, all right? We do not know at what point it became rabbinically connected to the giving of the Torah on Sinai, which has become the main emphasis in Judaism today. There are, but there are many parallels to Acts chapter 2 we see in the New Covenant so God knew this was in our tradition and we knew that it was celebrated in Judaism that way. The Jewish people had this theme in their minds and so the Spirit is sent on Shavuot. We see in Acts chapter 2 the fire, the languages, the, you know, and in Exodus when the Torah was given, the mixed multitude. There are many parallels. The 3,000 died at the giving of the Torah. 3,000 are saved in Acts chapter 2 and Shavuot. Many parallels. But I have to say, personally, I, I'm not excited about the overemphasis on the giving of the Torah because it was an agricultural holiday in a theme and the harvest. And so, but I, one thing I do love about the holiday is the reading of the book of Ruth. And so if you turn there to the book of Ruth, the scroll of Ruth is traditionally read during this holiday. And we know that this custom was already well established before the 8th century. And this was because it took place subsequent to the beginning of the barley harvest. We see in chapter 1, verse 22, when the Omer, the Omer offering occurred during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We read that the barley and the wheat grains continued to be harvested, chapter 2.23 and 3.15 it mentions. So it's interesting that barley ripens at different times throughout the land of Israel some three and four weeks apart due to mountainous, cooler weather near, near Jerusalem versus warmer Jericho Valley, in the, warmer weather in the Jericho Valley with more direct sunlight. So not all at the same time. The barley is at different times, and this is why there's not clarity on the exact days. But So let me read to you from something in a book that I brought back from Israel uh, several years ago that's really phenomenal on the agricultural thing. It says, During the 50-day period between Passover and Shavuot, there is daily trepidation 
for the fate of the grain crop and for the blossoming, pollination, and early development of the fruit of the rest of the seven varieties, especially of the grapes and the olive. On the one hand, the cold northern wind and rain. And I remember we're living in Israel. We didn't have, you know, um, heat in our, in our apartment we were living in. And, and uh, that cold northern wind, oh, my goodness, it's, it's, uh, it just went right through your bones. And the rain with it that comes, comes with it. And on the other hand, the scorching heat of the southern wind, also known as Hamsin, an Arabic name derived from the Hebrew Hamashim, or 50. Remember that, too, when the first time we were living in Israel, and, and, we, and he says, you wonder what's happening right now. We're parched, and we're so thirsty, and we're dried out. He says, that's my friend, our friend Michael Michael uh, said, that's Hamsin, that's the southern, that's the dry southern wind from the desert. And uh, <clears throat> each of these 50 days could bear either blessing to the crops or irreparable disaster. The farmers would count off each day with great trepidation and with prayers to get through these 50 days without crop damage. Wheat and barley buds and flowers and the olive, grape, date, and pomegranate uh, crops. Prayers please to God that each wind come at just the right time. By the way, that's why it's interesting when you read in Acts 2 and that, you know, it's the old Mel Torrey book. I remember when I first got saved reading, like a mighty wind, right? That wind that roared. Well, the winds were the crucial element on this holiday of coming just at the right times. And each wind had to come at the right time. Only at the end of the counting, and the wind, of course, ruach in Hebrew and Greek, pneuma, means wind, spirit, or breath. Both have the, the same meaning. The wind, the spirit, the ruach, or pneuma in Greek. Only at the end of the counting of the omer comes release from the apprehension of tension expressed in the offering of new grain from the just harvested wheat. Fifty nerve-wracking days. From this point on, there is room for wholehearted rejoicing in the harvest. So after the harvest, the release, the harvest has come. And so let me say this. We are being ripened. You are being ripened. Think about it. I see him doing it in the lives of very precious and powerful gems in this congregation. I see it maturing the fruit so he can use you. Paul said this way, he says, my message, my preaching were in demonstration of the spirit and power. He says, for the message, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in what? In power. In power. The anointing of God. The presence of God. The glory of the Lord filled the house of God so that the priests could not stand in Second Chronicles 5.14. And the two verses I just mentioned before that, 1 Corinthians 2.4 and 4.20. Spirit and power. Not in word, but in power. The house was filled, Yeshua talks about. Remember the woman with the, with the oil that broke it, was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. That's what counts. As I said last week, it wasn't, it's not, just talent, although God gives talent for his glory. And, you know, but it's the anointing, the presence of God 
the love, the, out of a love for God, out of the brokenness for God. We have a choice. Will we become bitter or will we become broken? Will we have bear delicious fruit or disastrous havoc? Because that's what could happen. You could have no fruit that would come, rotten fruit, rotten or beautiful fruit, but through these elements. Now, God is ripening also the hearts of unsaved Jew and Gentile. And we saw that again in Acts chapter 2, the first fruits, which was this holiday, the Bikurim, the first fruits in Acts 2. And what are we going to see in 2022? Only God knows, you know, as we pray. Naomi and Ruth and Boaz were also being ripened to prepare for the Messiah, Ben David, the son of David. Did you know that? At the end of the book, the Messiah is in the lineage. The ancestor of Messiah is born. Throughout this dark period of the judges, we see in verse 1, look at this, there was a famine that came to pass in the days when the judges were governing. It was a very dark period for Israel. There was a famine in the land. And throughout this dark period of the judges, God was very much at work. In your darkest period, God is at work behind the scenes. And that is, if any, nothing less, that is the message and the theme throughout this book, isn't it? Book of Ruth, we're not going to read the whole thing this morning. It's only four chapters, so I encourage you to read it some, sometime during this holiday, today, tomorrow. Read it. God is at work orchestrating behind the scenes. Even though things seem... This is a, an amazing, amazing love story, a story of God's faithfulness and his redemption of his chesed. Let's say the word chesed. Chesed is the is is it's got to be one of your favorite Hebrew words, right? Chesed. Let's say it again. Chesed. God's loyal love, his loving kindness, his it means utter a total devotion. His devotion, it's total devotion, his complete devotion. Chesed. God's to us. Us to one another to him, back to him and then to one another through him. And it's God's loyal love. Three times here it's mentioned. And of God, the Redeemer, Goel. Let's say the word Goel. Goel is used 22 times in this book. The Redeemer. I'll mention it in a minute what it means. But the, uh, Boaz is the Redeemer. Beautiful type of, of Yeshua. Of, and, and he's a, a beautiful symbol of that. How God answers prayer in time. He brings us through many difficulties and hardships and how he honors obedience and trust. I love Hebrews 6, I think it's 6.12. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises, right? Through faith and patience, we inherit the pay, through faith, through trust, and perseverance. Patience, it's hupomeno in the Greek. It means hang in there, steadfast. Hang in, hupomeno, hang in, stay Stay faithful, stay trust, continue to trust. Faith and patience, we inherit the promises. <clears throat> and it says, in, he brings us through that. He honors that obedience and that trust, honors integrity, compassion, how he honors Ruth's chesed to Naomi and Naomi's to Ruth. They had an amazing friendship, really. 
And while we see Naomi grappling with the brutal, harsh reality of bitterness and anger at God, and thank God for her honesty. She's angry at God, and at least she says it. I'm angry at you, God. Why do you do this? We also see outstanding character qualities in her along with Ruth and Boaz. What do we see in Ruth and Boaz and Naomi? Well, we see these things. I, I, I wrote down the things. Devotion. You could add some more, I'm sure. But devotion, humility, nobility, courage, submission, compassion, integrity, trust, patience, perseverance. Each of them is God-fearing. Naomi also, even though she's struggling, in chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, she says, uh, I have it written down here, it says, uh, well, I'm not, I don't, she's struggling. She's wise, and she gives, oh yeah, she gives wisdom here. She gives counsel to, to her daughter-in-law, her future daughter-in-law. Not she's not a daughter-in-law yet. She gives counsel to Ruth. She gives, she's wise, and that comes from God. And she advises her, gives her advice. That's in chapter 3, actually chapter 3. So Ruth is a descendant of the Moabites. They're an immoral people. And out of the Moabites, this woman Ruth chooses to become a part of the Jewish people and their God. A decision which cost her was, which was a great sacrifice and was a great commitment. And you know the famous saying, but it's, it's amazing what she said. It's, I mean, we should put it to a, all put it to a, a, a song. It's, we could write a lot of songs for, to 1, 16, and 17. For where you go. I remember Joel Chernoff doing it years ago. It was a beautiful song of Ruth. I, don't, I wonder if he can still reach that range. That you know, <laughs> Wherever you go, there I will travel. You ever heard that one? It's a really good song. It's an amazing song. Wherever you go, I will go. And where, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And what an example of courage over cowardice, of self-sacrifice over self-preservation, and sadly to say, a lesson that we saw the opposite of recently in some things that happened. So in chapter 1, we see a wealthy family leaving Bethlehem in famine for Moab. In this period what we see is one calamity after another for Naomi. Famine, becoming a refugee along with her husband and sons, going from Bethlehem to Moab. And they leave, leave Bethlehem, it says, in Judah. They dwell in a re region of Moab with his wife and two sons. He leaves. The man makes a decision, a leadership decision, not good. The man's name, Elimelech, and what happens is as he dies. Becoming, and she becomes a widow. Her sons intermarry, contrary to the Torah, and after 10 years, they die. So spiraling downward, she decides to return home after these years and looks much older due to the losses, the tragedies, and the difficulties she'd endured, and also her anger at God because of them. We see this in verses 19 and 20. Let's 
just look at it, a few of those verses. They said, uh, um, they thought that the Lord would, you know, they would, let's see, he died in verses one through five. Two, the two sons die. The woman was left with her children and her husband. She's a widow now. And she got up, says, heard, they heard, heard that there's food back in Judah, and so they go back to the land to return to Judah in verse 7. And so she says the goat, she's going to return. And we know this is where Ruth Orpah makes the decision to give in and says, okay, I'll, she convinced, she's convinced I'll, I will go back after, the, after uh, I think, saying it twice. Um, no, we will return with you to your people, first they say. But then Naomi said, go back, my daughter. She tells her a second time, go back. And Orpah says, okay. But Ruth says, no, I'm not going back. She she's, makes a decision. Uh, and she says, oh, here it is, verse 13. She says, for the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. God's against me. Feels like God's against me. Again, they broke loud weeping, and Orpah kissed her mother goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. She said, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Return along with her sister. And Ruth says, no, I'm not going back. Where you go, I'm going. Where you stay, I'm staying. Your people, my people. Your God, my God. May the Lord deal with me worse if anything but death separates you, separates between us. And Ruth, she saw, she was determined. To, Ruth was determined to go. She no longer spoke to her. And they arrive in Bethlehem. When she, they arrived there, they said, "What?" the woman asked, is this Naomi? Because she looked so much older. Now, have you faced a period of hard knocks, a downward spiral of events going from bad to worse? And have they taken a toll on you? Well, Peter says, you rejoice in this salvation greatly, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. And various trials in the Greek is multiple tests of every kind and on every side. Fiery tests to benefit, 1 Peter 1.6. But they benefit us. Loved ones, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal taking place among you to test you. And perhaps, you know, you feel like Naomi and you say, I can't take, I can't possibly take another tragedy, something else. Well, Naomi tells her daughters, three daughter-in-law, three times to return to their families and not accompany her back to Israel. And perhaps God tests our resolve sometimes. Listen, why? To reveal to others and maybe even to ourselves our love for him. Have you ever thought about that? Because Ruth's declaration didn't just reveal it to Naomi, but it also revealed it to the Lord. It revealed it to the angels. It revealed it to the other people around. Triple A takes a long time. Don't <laughs> I learned that recently too, Jack. Really did. It was very frustrating. I was thinking of canceling my membership. I think I. Anyway, um, <laughs> hope I don't get sued for saying that. Okay, but I don't care. Sue me. All right. Um, like the old Chinese food. So sue me. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, God reveals, 
Sometimes he's revealing. You know, it says 1 Corinthians 4.9. I think someone mentioned it before in our class early this morning. He said, where is that verse? It says, well, it's 1 Corinthians 4.9. It says, we are on display. We are a, the Greek word is theatron. We are a spectacle. We are a theatron to the visible, to men, to the world, to men and angels, to the visible and invisible universe. And God wants to reveal to others our love for him sometimes. And the tests come. And that's what happened here with, with uh, Ruth. It's revealing to all. We're on display. And how about Elijah tells Elisha, Eliahu to Elisha, uh, three times he says, stay here. Don't accompany me to the next site, Second Kings chapter 2. Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as Adonai lives and as you live, I won't leave you. And that same thing to Jericho and then to the Jordan. He was revealing his steadfastness, his devotion, his chesed, his chesed. And then he took Elijah from him eventually, and the mantle fell on Elisha. He was revealing it to the invisible universe as well, to the celestial ones. David and Ittai in 2 Samuel 15, David says, go back and stay with, the, with Saul. Go back and say, should I make you wander around with us today? I'm a, I'm a, refu I'm a, a reject. I have to, we have to wander. We're reject I'm a, I've been cast out of my own kingdom, and I, look what they did to me. Don't wander with us. Go back and enjoy it. And he says, go back and take your kinsmen back with you. He says, kindness and truth be with you, David tells Ittai. And Ittai says, answered the king and says, as, as Adonai lives and as my lord the king lives, surely in whatever place my lord the king will be, whether for death or for life, there also will your servant be. Wow! Same dedication, same devotion, the chesed, same thing that Ruth is show, showing to Naomi here, you see? And it's being revealed. We are on display. That chesed. Sometimes God tests us to show our devotion to Him, and it's showing it to our, ourselves as well. We didn't realize how much we love the Lord, even in the difficulties we face, even when everything is going wrong, even when we should give up, and yet we survive. Yet we go on, and we don't give up. Think about it. Yeshua discouraged the Canaanite woman. Don't you love that story in Matthew chapter 15? Three times asking for help, she comes to him for her daughter who was tormented horribly by a demon. And Yeshua discourages her. He says, says I'm, not sent to the, I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not sent to you. And he says, but even, even uh, remember, even, uh, and he says, he says uh, yeah, the dogs are, are worthy of, he says, go to the, he discourages her three times. And, he, and then he finally says, I, woman, of you, what great faith you have. Look at her faith, disciples. See the faith this woman has? And he answers her prayer and delivers her daughter. Amazing. Matthew chapter 15. A woman, great is your faith. Yeshua discouraged many people from following him. He didn't want them to have unrealistic expectations. Ruth clung to uh, Naomi in verse 14. The word davak means to cleave closely. Stuck very closely to her. And she said, so what, that's chesed, chesed. And Ruth was determined to go, the word amatz, let's say amatz, amatz, and let's say davak, let's say the other one, davak, davak. These are the roots of the word. That amatz is strong, secure in her decision. Uh, and she decided this was really, but it was really God in Ruth toward Naomi. You can't get rid of me. You can't get rid of me. 
You can't detach yourself from me. Try it. I won't let you. It's God saying that to Naomi. God used Ruth to show his love for Naomi, even in her struggle against God. And God may be using you to help someone else in their struggle with God to show his love for them in the midst of their struggle. He's not giving up on them. It's not like Psalm 139. Isn't that a great Psalm 139? Though I go to the uttermost parts of the earth, though I go to the depths of the depths of hell, even there, you're there. It's in Hebrew. It's like, oh, look, there you are. Oh, my gosh. I thought I could get away from you. You're there. You're not intimidated by the darkness, God. You're not intimidated by, the, by where I thought I was going to run away from you. You're everywhere. You're going to follow me. You're not giving up on me. And God's in Ruth toward Naomi saying, I'm sticking by you. I am not quitting on you. I am with you. I will never, no, never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. I'm with you. Nothing can separate you from my love. He, Romans 8, 35. Nothing can. And what a beautiful thing. It's God's love, indistinguishable. Who can, can't, dis, indis, can't distinguish the love of God? Song of Solomon 8, 6. He won't let us go. Is this Naomi, they said? And when she came back, and we can see that in verse 19, the wear and the tear of the grief, the bitterness. She'd aged maybe 20 or 25 years in 10 or 12 years. And they said, she said, don't call me Naomi, Naomi, don't call me beautiful and attractive. Call me what? Mara, <laughs> bitter. Call me bitter. And bitter, that word is an emotional response to destructive, heart-crushing experiences. Angry and aggrieved over the cards I've been dealt, maybe, and miserable and unhappy. But thank God he's going to use Ruth. Thank God for Ruth. And thank God for Boaz. And I will say this, the most effective, I said it before, the most effective facial makeover is response toward God. <laughs> a, grateful, a grateful heart. The best anti-aging cream. I don't, know what, I don't even know what these things are. When, when Moses came down from being with God on the mountain, his skin, the skin of his face shone, right? Exodus 34, verses 29 and 30. So... Uh, from God talking with him or he talking with God. I don't know which, probably both. Two people of amazing characters, Boaz and Ruth, just like Joseph and Miriam in the Gospels, these two people. The Goel occurs 22 times. The Goel in the book of Ruth, 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Two, chapter 2, verse 20, this is the kinsman redeemer, the one who releases Redeem means to redeem from existing danger. Even though Naomi, and Naomi in Hebrew, even though Naomi is angry at God, she's still, this is what's beautiful to me, if you look at it, she's still deep inside loves him. She sees his hand in bringing her daughter-in-law in contact with one of her relatives, a goel. Her confession reveals her inward faith. What does she say in verse 20? May he be blessed by Adonai who has not stopped his kindness. Lo azav kazdo, to the living and or to the dead. He's not stopped his kindness. He hasn't forgotten us. Never stopped loving and remained attached to us in his loyal covenant love. His chesed, his loyal commitment goes far beyond 
his grace to us. He hasn't stopped loving us. And it's interesting. I didn't notice it, but I thought, wait a minute. That word, the phrase in Hebrew, lo azav kazdo. Azav is the same Hebrew three letters, just turn them around, of Boaz. Isn't that amazing? He's not stopped. That word stopped there means to forsake, to leave. And it's Boaz. He, God is in it totally. It's all, he's hidden. The solution, he's hidden in the trial. Redemption is there. God is going to do it. He's, he's hidden in it. We don't see it sometimes, but he's there. And, and, and I, we, Naomi, Naomi gets a bad rap a lot of times, you know, that she's maybe, she's, she's you know, she, she doesn't trust God, but really she does. She's just struggling. She she's, has a hard time, and you would, I would have too. But Boaz replies, and he says to her, and we see in verses 11 and 12, all that he gives her a blessing, all that you've done for your mother-in-law. I'm sorry, this is to Ruth. He says, since your husband's death has been fully reported to me, how you left your father and mother, etc. And he says, uh, and came to where you didn't, the place you didn't know. And he says, may the Lord repay you in what you've done, and may you have a full reward by Adonai, God of Israel. What a faith he has in the Lord the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come to take refuge. In chapter 3, uh, the mother-in-law's great advice, she gives her advice. She comes up with a plan for Ruth's future and secure, her security, and, she, and it succeeds. And the Lord is still anointing her with wisdom. As I said before, Ruth proposes uh, it, it really to Boaz. And now... She says in verse three, chapter 3, verse 11, Now, my daughter, do not be afraid. Everything you propose, I will do for you. For everyone in town knows that you are a woman of valor. And, uh, and then in, ver- in chapter 4, verse 14, Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be Adonai, who has not left you without a goel today, May his name be famous throughout Israel. David would be his descendant in chapter 4, verse 17 and 22. And then Messiah. Ruth would become the great-grandmother of King David and the relative of the Messiah, Yeshua. We know that from Matthew chapter 1. Both have Moabite ancestry. What? The God of all grace, of Jew and Gentile. King David was thought to have been born and died, by the way, on Shavuot. Now, Naomi had given up on God in some ways, but God had never given up on her. And Ruth was the instrument through which he would demonstrate this. Ruth was God, as I said, to Naomi, in a sense. Clung to her and wouldn't leave her. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we do not believe, I like the King James on this one, the translation. If we do not believe, if we believe not, he remains faithful. He, in the Greek, it's, he stays believing, for he cannot deny himself. Hallelujah. He is not able to say no to himself, that's what it says. Romans 3.3, so what if some did not trust, not not believe? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? May it never be. Let God be true, even if every man is a liar. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
You may be God in someone else to, to someone else in their life right now. The one who reveals his relentless, unceasing love despite their unbelief. You may be, you may have given up on God yourself. It seems he doesn't care. He appears indifferent to all your heartaches and disappointments. Well, he hasn't given up on you, and he absolutely does care. But he alone sees the finished canvas he's at work on. As we see it, it doesn't make sense. Has he ordained a Ruth in your life that you're not even listening to maybe or have maybe ignored a little bit? Ask him to open your eyes. Ask him. Let's ask him to open our eyes. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I make my bed in hell, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. In Sheol, Psalm 139, etc. From Ruth, Chesed, from Ruth to Naomi, then maybe from Naomi to Ruth, then from Boaz to Ruth and Naomi, but ultimately from God to and through them all, and to us, bringing the Messiah, son of David, through Ruth and Boaz, undeserved, but given in covenant faithfulness, chesed, chesed, chesed. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this beautiful story, this book of Ruth, and I hate to race through it in this way. Help, I pray we, it will just become a great meditation for us and live in our hearts, Lord, these principles and these amazing characters, Lord, and your amazing handiwork and faithfulness through it all to us and through us. Use us, O oh God. If you've never trusted Yeshua today, you're watching, you're here today, or you've never put your faith, you've never given yourself to the Lord, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? He loves you. He's given his all to you. Turn, your, turn the reins of your life over to him. Let go and say, God, I'm giving myself to you, Lord. I'm giving myself to you. I, you, are the, you can work things out much better than I can. And I thank you. I don't understand why things have happened the way they have, but I'm trusting you today. I'm giving myself to you today. Thank you for giving your son, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, for my sins, to die for my sins, to forgive me, wash me, give me a new start, come into my life today. And if you're praying that prayer, please let us know that you prayed that today. There'll be someone up here to pray with you when we, as we close. And if you're watching online, please contact us, and we will contact you back and help you in any way we can. All right? Thank you and bless you. Amen. Yisa Adonai panave lecha v'yasem lecha shalom b'shem Yeshua Hamashiach sar shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. 
In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the ruler of peace. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Chag Sameach.